Good morning. Here we go. So yes, we're continuing our Advent series, looking at the characters in the nativity scene and how they journeyed to Jesus, how this journey affected them and affected history. So yeah, it's the first Sunday of Advent and has anyone got their Christmas tree up yet? Not many, actually. Not many. Real tree, artificial tree. The debate continues. It certainly does in our house. We have one of each this year. It just sells everything. Um, so yeah, so Advent. So we started last week and we looked at Mary and Zachariah. And this week we're looking at the shepherds and the next, next week the Magi. Um, and, um, Yes. So this week, the shepherd. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the text and just point out a few things as we go through that. And then I'm going to share what I thought God was saying that he wanted to say today. And then we're going to look at the shepherds, but also the other, a few other characters in the nativity story and just compare their journey to Jesus. So we're starting in Luke 2, 8 to 12. Um, I'll read it from here because it's bigger than my notes. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So even just that first verse, if we just set the scene, imagine the shepherds on the hill. So, okay, imagine a shepherd with a flock. I'm sure in your imagination you see one shepherd with a whole flock. So when they're talking about the shepherds out on the hill, the, you know, flocks of sheep are quite big. And you have one shepherd and a lot of sheep. So there'd be quite a large patch. And then another patch, there'd be one shepherd with a lot of sheep. And then another patch, one shepherd with a lot of sheep. So when, um, so bear that in mind as we see how the story progresses. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. And again, I take note of that, all the people. Um, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. The first people who were told about the Messiah was the shepherds. The Lord, this will be assigned to you. Um, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Oh, I've got the clicker. Um, can we get this to flow? Thank you, Bradley. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. And this I want to point out as well, because we're so familiar with this story. But again, imagine, you know, there's one shepherd with a lot of sheep, but a great company of the heavenly host. I mean, this is absolutely stunning. I don't know if you can imagine being out on a hillside at night. At a great, I mean, one angel appearing is terrifying because the angel had to say, don't be frightened. I know I am terrifying. But can you imagine hundreds or thousands of angels? Because all the shepherds saw them. And again, these shepherds are spread out over a large area, probably over a few miles. And they can see this huge company of heavenly hosts. It was massive. And a lot of them saw it. And I don't know if you've been to a, a, a gig or um, if you like playing loud music in your house. Um, we were at David's Tent this year, which can just about count as a gig. Um, it was a Christian music festival. And there was one stage when, when it was very loud music all of the time. And there was one stage when the music was just so amazing. And it just went deeper and deeper into this incredible level of sort of instrumental music. But it wasn't harps and lyres. It was drums and electric guitars. And it was absolutely incredible. It was just, I was like, this is what heaven is like. This is absolutely amazing. And it kind of blew my mind of, of music in a huge space of what it can do. 
And this is what was going on on the hills. So yeah, when the, the, um, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had just heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And we'll come back to that little bit at the end in a moment. So, yeah, so I, I started um, writing what I thought would be good to say from this passage. And then I did my usual slightly late thing saying, God, what do you want to say? And the next slide shows what, what, what I thought God said to me was, I want to take off the yoke of shame. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look at me. And it was a lot shorter than all the pages I'd already written. And so I've looked at the, the sermon in that context. So um, a brief, you know, what is shame? Are we living under shame? God wants to take that off to us. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And, and you see these characters in the story, how they move from shame into a lightness. Shame is a heaviness and, and being free is a lightness. And how, what happens when they look at Jesus, that transformational moment in their story. And we did a series on shame in the summer. So if you missed that, look it up. It was really good. Um, because it's such a massive topic that really, holds us and it really binds us and it really puts a heaviness on us and it stops us from operating and it's a it's, it's one of the main tactics of the enemy to hold us in shame so that to keep us from relationship with God and with each other and shame is a really yucky feeling if you, you feel dirty you feel exposed it's like your mess is exposed and is it's all for the public to see and we can we can shame each other and we can shame ourselves and i've, I've banned the phrase in my house shame on you sometimes say it for a lot shame on you like we're not having shame in this house we're not doing that in this house i bind that in the name of jesus um because it's it's really easy to point the finger at someone and say they've messed up look at them look at that bad thing and again, we've had, even in the last couple of weeks, it's only a, at least a couple this year, we've had some major well-known church leaders fall again. And it's really tough, isn't it? It's really tough. And it's really easy to say, look at their mess, shame on them. They should know better. Um, and let's, let's, let's stop doing that. Because the opposite of that that we also do is, oh, aren't they amazing? Look at them. Let's, let's go and follow them. Let's do their stuff. Let's, let's have a following of that person. And we lift them up very easily and we dash them down very easily. And, and we can create this culture of shame. And when it happens to us, it's, it's really exposing. Um, and you feel really embarrassed. And what it makes you do is you withdraw and you hide from people and from God because you feel awful. And Jesus, when he came in this story, one of the major, major things he came to do was to remove that shame from us. And he says, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now, we imagine a yoke to be something really heavy. But he's saying, I want to take that heaviness off. And when you live with me, when you have taken that heaviness off you, you'll be amazed at how light and how different it is. So, yeah, we're going to be looking at how does he remove shame 
Um, how do we move from heavy burns to light? How do we look at him? And did the Bible characters go on this journey? So, so if you, um, a good thing, if you think God has said something like, I thought God has said that sentence, he wants to remove the yoke of shame and like, give us his light burden and he wants us to look at him. So if you think God has spoken to you, especially if you're going to stand up in front of others and tell them what you think he said, it's really good to check it out. And a good way to check it out is to, is this in the Bible? And if someone gives you a prophetic word, that's lovely, but is this in the Bible? And go back to the Bible and wrestle. And even with every sermon, you know, I can stand at the front and say stuff, but am I, is, is, can it be backed up from the Bible? And these lovely men have fallen. They did some amazing things. But not, maybe not everything that they did backed, was backed up in the Bible. And sometimes um, it's really easy to believe everything that someone says. And I'm, I'm really like that. I dive straight in and then it's quite a shock when you find out, oh, that wasn't what I expected. But we all have a responsibility to weigh what we hear. Um, is, is that in the Bible? So I've got a few verses just to check out that little phrase. And I'll whiz through those and then we'll, we'll unpack a little bit more. So... Um, so this is a really key one. The Lord does not see what man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, next one, Radley. And so this is quite a long one, but this is really, really key to why Jesus came. And this is the one that Jesus read out in the temple. And he said, today, this has been fulfilled. This is what I have come to do. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So again, this is more in depth of Jesus saying, look, I've come to move you from, from the heaviness, from the mourning, from the rejection, from the shame, from the grief. And I'm going to flip it and I'm going to bring you into joy, into healing and into peace and into gladness. And you'll be dancing with joy. And it's quite hard to believe that sometimes when we're, we're sat in, in, in our struggles. But this is what Jesus has come to do. And when we start to give him these things, he, he can change things around. So we're going to just look at the characters. And I'm going to compare. We are mainly looking at the shepherds today. But I'm going to compare Zachariah, Mary, the shepherds, and the Magi. Because they represent, in a funny way, a large selection of us. Um, so we'll start with the shepherds, as that was the topic today. So I'm trying to be <laughs> obedient to my topic. Um, so the shepherds. And it's, it's lovely in the passage. So, you know, I was, I was trying to draw attention to a few, a few bits when I read it out. And it said, you know, what happened to them? So the shepherds are in the field. And I was trying to think, you know, who, who are shepherds today? And, you know, they were really faithful people. And they did a really important job um, Traditionally, the, the, their whole culture had gained its wealth through a lot of times through, through the sheep. And if you look back through Jacob and Isaac, they were shepherds and they grew wealth through their large flocks. But also, they were very important for the temple sacrifice. So it was an important job that they provided the lambs for the sacrifice in the temple. 
But they were out in the field all day. They weren't able to, well, probably for weeks or even months, they weren't able to get to the synagogue. They weren't maybe able to do with their purification, clothes washing, hand washing kind of stuff. And when camping, it's quite hard to <laughs> keep your hands washed. We have hand gel nowadays. But shepherds didn't have that, obviously. And so they weren't perfectly pure and holy. They weren't maybe able to follow all of the Jewish laws. But they were quite faithful, servant-hearted people doing their job um, well. It was maybe a bit lonely. And remember when um, Joseph went to Egypt and he brought down his family, he was, there was a little bit of an issue in that the Egyptians didn't respect shepherds. He's like, oh, gosh, I'm bringing all my family down, and there's going to be this little bit of tension because the, the Egypt, Egyptians looked down on on shepherds. So the cultures around them, it wasn't always cool to be a shepherd. And it, it just reminded me of, you know, in COVID when we really honoured our co-workers and we were shaken up a bit and we to realise, to actually um, acknowledge how important we all are. And there's that, that um, it talks about the body of Christ in the Bible and how we're all important. And we've got a head and we've got eyes and we've got ears and we've got mouth. And we can honor that and say these people are more important. Like our, our big church leaders, we can big them up and say, oh, they're more important. I mean, assume they're more spiritual and we can look down on people. Shame on you. Look at what you're doing. Um, but the Bible says that we're all important. And we really saw that in COVID. And it was an amazing time of saying you know truck drivers we really need you you know people in supermarkets we really need you healthcare professionals we really need you um people working in elderly care home you are so valuable to us right now and it was a really beautiful moment when we realized as a society you know the film stars were in lockdown they, they weren't the high people anymore a lot of their flashy jobs were in lockdown and we saw what really held society together was these incredible powerful people not powerful people, people who weren't respected in a powerful way, but we saw that actually they are to be respected because they are powerful people. And and um, so I just want to have a little look at Zachariah. Um, I've got a clicker, but um, Zachariah, thanks, Bradley. He's really on it. So Zachariah, I wanted to include him because if we're thinking of the different people in society and, and how, how are we represented in that, um, Zachariah, he was one of the high priests. So he was selected. They were selected by lot to go into the temple. We had this last week, so I won't go on too much about it. But he was the one in the temple. And the angel appeared to him and said, you're going to have a son in your old age. He's going to be John the Baptist. He's going to prepare the way for Jesus. And he said... I don't know if you're telling the truth, Angel Gabriel, who's just sent from God. How do I believe you? I mean, this this guy was dotting every I, crossing every T in in his job as a priest. He was really he was the honoured person in that society, in that culture. He was the bishop, as in he was like a politician, like an MP. The the high priests were like politicians in those days, and they they kept the law and order. It wasn't just religiousness; it was the whole culture. It was, it was the law of every moment of every day, and they were watching people and saying, you should be doing this, what are you doing? And if someone stepped out of line, it was the shame on you moment it was coming from these guys. And so he, he would have been perfect in everything he did. He wouldn't have got to this place without obeying every single religious law. But when it came to it, when his moment came, he messed up big time. He didn't believe the messenger sent from God. He didn't believe the part that God had chosen for him. He, he didn't believe it. And, and, and I want to mention that in the story today because, one, again, 
Um, just because someone looks amazing is doing everything perfect. The man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. So we can look at the shepherds and say, oh, they're smelly and they're not richly clean. They're not doing everything right. Zachariah's doing everything right. But actually, he's the one who messed up in the story. But I also want to mention him because he didn't stay messed up. And I think it's a really, really important lesson. And it's something I've had to really learn. It's taken decades for me to try and learn this lesson in life is that when you mess up stop beating yourself up it's not the end it doesn't mean you've missed it and you walk away Zachariah he he lost his voice I mean the angel stopped him speaking for nine months can you imagine what that was like and again thinking of the whole shame thing you know did he tell people why and certainly, even if he didn't, he was walking around reminded of his mess up every single moment of every single day for nine months. He, he was reminded, I messed up. I can't speak because my, when my moment came, I got it wrong. I didn't believe what God would say about me. I didn't believe I could do, I was capable of that, that my wife and son would be, I didn't believe that would happen and I didn't believe God. And he was reminded of that every single day. And he didn't run away from it. And he didn't take himself out of the story. He returns in the story when John the Baptist was born. And um, and I, I love the first thing he does, actually, is he honors his wife and then he praises God. And in that culture, the wife's testimony was not valid. You ask the, the, the dad, what is the child going to be called? And the dad says, and obviously he couldn't speak. So Mary said it for him, and they said, no, Mary, you've got it wrong. We're going to ask Zachariah, because we don't care what you say, that your son is going to be called. You're wrong, and he's going to tell us. And he says, no, she's right. She's right. The first thing he does is he honors his wife. And the next thing he does is his mouth is opened from that moment. Amazing that God chooses that moment to open his mouth. And immediately he began to speak, praising God. The first thing he did was he praised God. And as we just saw the shepherds, they were running down the hill, they went to see the baby, but the first thing they did afterwards was they praised God. They left praising God and telling people about Jesus, and people were amazed at what they said. They became incredible evangelists. They were the first evangelists. Because they were filled with the joy, because they'd seen God, they'd heard of him before, they were doing their duty, they were serving well. But they, they praised God and started telling people about God. Their life changed when they saw Jesus. And the same here with Zachariah. He was a really good, we would say Christian now, he was a really good believer doing everything right, but he messed up. But he hung in there um, and he came back and he ended up praising God. So the next character is is Mary. Again, she's very um, a very well-known character in our story. But in, in, we know her now as this incredible woman. She's a really honored woman in, in the culture, in the history of the world. But at the moment that this happened to her, she was an, an insignificant teenager. And again, as I've just said, women in that culture weren't respected, especially a teenager who's still living with her family, who's not married or done anything yet. She hasn't gone and got a good career. She hasn't proved herself. And even in our culture today, you know, a teenager at school, they haven't, you don't, um, like Zachariah, we say he could have been like an MP. You know, compare a teenager at school with an MP. Who would you go to for advice? Who would you expect to be mature? Um, 
probably not not the teenager, but they were growing to the MPs and the. <laughs> um, but at that moment, they hadn't they hadn't proved themselves. And there's there's a lot of us in society who who go unnoticed, who people think you haven't done anything special. Um, and just an example, I, I used to be an occupational therapist, I worked in spinal injuries and head injuries. And if I'd meet people, oh, what do you do? Oh, I will do this. Oh, that's exciting. Tell me about it. Like, oh yeah, I do this amazing thing. And then I got married and I had four children. And people say, what do you do? And I go, I'm a mum. And they're like, oh, what did your husband do? Oh, he's a doctor. Oh, wow, what's it like? Night a doctor. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> I'm the same person. Suddenly my husband is exciting and wonderful. And I'm, I'm a nobody. And I went from um, being respected for my career to being a nobody. And I learned a lot of lessons about how we judge people from what they do and not who they are. And back to that verse, the man, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. And we're guilty, you know, we know what it's like to be judged in that way. But we're still guilty of judging each other in that way. And I, and I know I do it. You know, we, we don't see, because we don't see what's inside a teenager. We don't see the gold that they're carrying and the amazing choices that they're making. But maybe a more public person like an MP, we see it. We might not like the choices <laughs> that they're making. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're all, we're all equally loved by God. We're all equally important and we don't know what's going on in each other's lives. We don't know how hard the choices they've made have been for them. We don't know how incredibly amazing they are. But just because you're not public or being honored in this moment in time doesn't mean you're not amazing. You could be making better choices like Mary was than Zachariah. Um, so none of us are disqualified from God's love, and none of us are higher or lower than each other. And again, Mary, um, she went straight into worship. So my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She had a really scary journey ahead of her. You know, her tummy was growing, and she sang this when she met Elizabeth, who'd, um, who, who was pregnant with John. And Elizabeth was six months pregnant, so um, Mary was only just pregnant, um, but yeah, lost my thread there. <laughs> but she she praised God and she rejoices Him. And 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 my point is is of of that is this that when each of these characters they had their own struggles, they had their own good points and they had their own bad points, and the ways they did really well and the ways they messed up. But when they had this encounter with God, they just switched straight into, oh my goodness, God is amazing. He is stunning. And they'd all grown up with, with a good religious level. You've seen The Chosen. It's amazing. I'd really recommend you watch The Chosen. And they're all, you know, you, you get to see how they live a very religious life. And it's part of all that they do. But when you meet God, when you see God face to face, even a little glimpse of a baby, you know, Jesus wasn't doing miracles. He didn't say anything. But somehow that encounter of just that little glimpse of him changed their lives so that praise just came up. The shepherds started evangelizing. They all started worshiping and saying, God is amazing. And something shifted in their life. So my next challenge to you, apart from let's not disqualify ourselves, let's not judge each other. But when we meet God face to face, when we actually see him, our life changes. And inviting people to Alpha is a lot easier when you're like, oh my goodness, I've got this amazing thing, let me tell you all about it. Jesus is incredible. You know, when we, when we see him, when we see him rightly, our, our world shifts. And it's so easy to, and God's been talking to me about this year, that how, 
um, easy it is for, for me to do all my religious activities and read my Bible and do my podcasts and learn the learn stuff and do really well. And he's like, man, hello, I'm over here. <laughs> you know, I can be worshipping. And once I had a picture of Jesus was next to me and I was like, oh, hello, you know, and I was kind of worshipping this vague thing, but actually he's with us and it's so different when we think actually he's he's a person and he's real and he's actually with me. Um, so when we, we learn about him and we do all of our religious activities, um, let's remember he's a person who's come to have a relationship with us. And let's turn our attention to him and to look at him and to talk to him in relationship and not just in religious activity. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to leave it there. So, Father, I thank you. God, I thank you that you've given us this, this, um, this story with all these different characters and how they, they messed up sometimes and they did great at other times, but at the end of the day, when they saw you, their life changed. And you shifted them from darkness to light. You shifted them from their moments of shame. It just fell off their shoulders when they saw you, God. They came into light. And Lord, we invite you now into our lives, Lord. Whichever stage we're at, whether we're being honored at this moment or not, whether we're being seen or unseen, whether we're making good choices or bad choices. Because you just love us. And you just want to hold us. And you know how shame attacks us. And you know the heaviness we, we struggle under. And you just want to push that off. And you see us and you bring us back to you again and again and again and again. The Bible says all of us sinned and fallen fall short of the glory of God. It's, we all mess up. But you don't, you don't mind. You pull us back anyway. You love us anyway. You can't help yourself, God. You came to this world to love us even more. So we welcome you, God. We invite you in to our mess and our triumphs. And will you help us to see you, Jesus? Will you help us to see you rightly? In this Christmas season, Lord, I thank you for the joy and the fun and the festivity. For Christmas and not Christmas, will you help us to see you, Jesus? So I think, are we going into worship? As you're going to worship, um, let's think about who we're worshipping and not just get into the, the, the music or the, the, the mood or how it's making us feel. But let's try and look at Jesus and let's try and see him. And let's just say, Jesus, how can I see you today? Can I see you today? A baby was a glimpse. Can I get a glimpse, Lord? Can I get a glimpse of you today? Will you change my world? Lift me from darkness to light.